Who wins this year's MVP in the NBA? Giannis, AD, Braun, Steph. What about Harden? Maybe even Russ sneaks in there. Don't sleep on Dame. And if you were going to start a franchise, who would you choose? Giannis or AD? Best team in the Eastern Conference. Which team finishes with the best record? All things being equal, I'll take Philly. In the West, I'm going to go wild card. Rockets. Who you got? Let's go. Someone we both know, Sean Dash, posted this question. AD better than Giannis, or is he just more skilled? And of course, there sparked a whole other debate. But just for the fam out there, what was your thoughts? AD is the more skilled player, but Giannis, to me, he has that thing that AD doesn't. That's what makes him a better player. Yeah, I I agree. So I usually like I know you always go. You're not big on numbers, and I kind of stay in the middle. I think numbers have a role, but I don't think I don't think numbers trump results. And I agree with you. AD is more skilled, but Giannis, like I and like I posted, he plays with more force. He plays with more aggression. When you play against Giannis, you got to play 48 minutes. He's relentless. He's non-stopping. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe what it is is. Giannis might just out hustle people. He might just outwork you. Like if you're a big and you've got to guard him, you don't get to rest. And he plays that hard on both ends. I'm not saying AD doesn't play hard, but he doesn't play harder than Giannis. And he might be physically bigger, but he's not stronger. He doesn't play with more force. When you watch them both play, Giannis is the one that makes a living in the paint. He initiates a lot of his offense from the elbow or from the, or from in, 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 or being in the open court, but Giannis is a center. He's just the first center in NBA history with the ball handling skills of a perimeter player. But he makes his living bullying not just fours, but he bullies fives. So it isn't that I'm not a fan of AD. I, I am. AD is the more polished player, but guess what? AD was more polished when he came into the league. He's just more skilled, more refined, if you want to use those terms. But I'm talking about impact and results. You put AD up against Giannis, Giannis is going to outwork him. You put AD up against Giannis, and at best, in t- I'm talking about if you're, you're AD, your numbers are going to be identical. But you won't be better than him. You're not going to outwork him. And I don't understand how people don't understand that. If you look at their numbers, they're very similar. The difference is AD is a little bit better at blocking shots, which shouldn't come as a surprise. But Giannis is a much better playmaker, a much better facilitator. He averages close to six assists a game. Actually, last year he did average six assists a game. AD career high was last year. He averaged four assists per game. Bottom line, these are two of the top five players in the NBA. There's no wrong choice, just a difference of opinion. When I look at the Sixers, It's funny because the Sixers got Al Horford, so you think they weakened the Celtics. They got better. They got Josh Richardson, good defensive player, can shoot the three. 
but Jimmy Butler was the one guy in the last four minutes of the game that you could say, we need a bucket or we need a play and he could create. And they didn't replace that. Josh Richardson can't do that. He's not that guy. And we both know, we don't know how good Horford and Embiid will be together. It sounds good on paper. It sounds good on paper, but when you play with two bigs like that, it seems like your transition defense is going to take a major hit. It seems like on offense, there's going to be times when you have some spacing issues. Well, when you really think about Philly, it comes down to to two things: Embiid's health and and Ben Simmons, if he able to take his game to the next level, and be's healthy, I got them coming out the East. If Embiid can stay healthy, he lost weight, which should help with his conditioning. It also should take some pressure off his joints. If he remains healthy, and Simmons could at least make himself a consistent threat in terms of being able to shoot a 12 to 15 foot jump shot. Never mind the three because everybody's obsessed with he needs to shoot a three. He does not. If Ben Simmons can develop a mid range jump shot, the six, the sixes will be monsters. A three would be like the cherry on top. But if he can just, if he can make you respect him from 15 to 16 feet away, the sixers are going to be a problem. And I agree. They would win the East. Actually, if he develops a jump shot and Embiid can stay healthy, I'd be hard-pressed to find who's going to beat them in the finals. Mm -hmm. Because I know everybody's on the Anthony Davis train, and I like AD. You can tell me that AD is a little bit quicker than Embiid and has more range. You ain't putting AD on Embiid. I don't know if you want AD in foul trouble. There's nothing AD can do with that man. You can't you can't look at the conference with a straight face, knowing how super watered down it is, how devoid it is of talent, and not say there's one team that's truly in your way. That's Milwaukee. Now you and I still believe that Toronto is our dark horse who might give people problems. I don't think that Toronto could beat Philly in a series with their current roster, but I do think it would be an interesting series. And um, this is my this is another book. Em. Detroit is not making the playoffs. I, I had them at least getting in like seventh or eighth, even though I'm not big on Blake Griffin. The East is just who think about this. Once you get past that, those four Sixers, the Raptors, the Bucks, throwing the Celtics. It's it really is pot luck. It really is potluck. I know a lot of people are high on the Pacers. The only reason I don't have them really high is I'm I'm concerned about Oladipo's durability. I know they've they've improved their overall talent. I'm a big fan of Brogdon's. I think the Pacers can make the playoffs, but I'll say, say so. Let's say those are five spots locked up. Why not? Why not the Knicks? Why not Miami? How do I know that Miami won't be better than Boston? Celtic fans gonna 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 feel the pain that I had when they put Canton in, man. I'm telling you that into they 
teams is going to be be taking it to the basket, you're going to really realize why in this canter nobody had no problem getting rid of him. Man. I'm telling you. Uh, Miami going to have a better record than the Boston Celtics, man. You know I hate Miami. So you hate Miami the way I hated the Utah Jazz when Malone stopped. <laughs> I hate it. You said the Heat are going to be better than the Celtics. Better than them. Yes. Even with Deion Waiters and Thor? Yes. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Really? <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. In an in, if you were going to go on an individual basis, even though, you know, Tatum can... Tatum and Brown could ascend. But if you ask me right now today, of course, Jimmy Butler's the best player between both of those teams. It's, no, it's a no-brainer. Even if you say, well, Gordon Haywood is 100%, he wasn't better than Jimmy Butler when he was 105%. He's a good player, but he wasn't better than Jimmy Butler. It, on paper, you would agree, though, Boston has more talent on paper, right? Yeah. Correct. And you still think... Will be the better team. Um, like I said, well, coaching, this, or is that because you think that the Celtics' talent is a little overrated? I mean that um, they kind of low to me by losing, you know, your 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 pal Al and Marquise Morris and in and and Bain. Oh, I, I think they Bain lost a lot of. I think I think they lost a lot of their toughness, man. And um, they wasn't a good rebounding team then. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think you made a great point. Losing Al, losing Baines and Morris, that took away their toughness interior. And Al was their best defensive player overall. And 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 another thing that I, I after watching Brad Stevens. I'm gonna put it out there. I think he's overrated, man. I think he's a good coach. I think too many people were quick to jump on the bandwagon and call him a great coach. That's what I think. I think he's been good. In the West, you've got the three most talked about duos in the league. First, Westbrook and Harden. This is the duo that most don't think will work. Most see this as a fail. I think if you said, or if you asked the question, which is the most dynamic duo with no hesitation is James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think the Houston Rockets barring injury will have no worse than the second best record in the West. I think Westbrook and Harden are going to put up insane numbers. I think they're going to get their teammates easier opportunity. I think the Rockets as a unit, when you talk about Tucker, when you talk about Compella, Eric Gordon, they've played together. They've already established chemistry. The addition of Russell Westbrook, I think, makes this veteran team that much more dynamic, that much more explosive. And I think he's going to be a welcome addition in terms of getting them easy buckets. 
Russell Westbrook at times can be a one-man fast break. Sliding over to L.A., you've got the double duos. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, maybe the most talked about duo so far in the offseason. Most pundits, most members of media, they'll tell you that this is the best duo in the NBA, period. Some say by far, not even close. I say on paper, I hear what you're saying. But going off what I know, what we've seen of these individuals in their careers, and now that you've brought them together, knowing what the league is all about, this is a perimeter-dominated league. It has been for the past decade or more than a decade. AD and LeBron, two top five players. Yes, the Lakers should be no worse than a second or third seed in the West. But then you have to look at LeBron's a perimeter player. He's a big, powerful, athletic perimeter player who can initiate and run your offense. At the same time, as gifted and as polished as AD is, with his ability to step outside to shoot the three or the mid-range, he's still a big. And he's not the big the way KD's a big. Anthony Davis not going to snatch a rebound and go coast to coast. He's skilled. He's not that skilled. He's not that guy, which means you have to have the brawl brought to him. And guess what? In the playoffs, when things slow down, the first thing teams do is they double-team dominant bigs. So I expect AD to have an MVP caliber regular season. But in the playoffs, I think that's going to be a different animal altogether. Do I think they're the best duo? I don't. I think the best duo is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You've got two dominant wing defenders who both can get you over 20 a game on the other end of the floor, who both have the ability to stretch the floor from beyond the arc, who both can get their own shots off the dribble and can create for others. Not to mention they can guard multiple positions at an elite level. I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, by far, I think they're the best duo in the NBA. But the most dynamic duo, that's still Westbrook and Harden. And I think they're the wild card duo. They're the duo that I give them a puncher's chance. You put them in a series, they're not going to be favored. And I give them a puncher's chance to upset the Lakers, or the Clippers in a series. Let me add two more duos. Jokic, the Joker, along with Jamal Murray. This is the young duo. They are on the come up. We're talking about two guys that are 21 years of old. They're still developing. They're still ascending, but they're gifted. The only thing that's preventing the Denver Nuggets from taking a major leap forward is they need the Joker, to establish himself to be more aggressive. He needs to be more selfish. He's a gifted passer, terrific rebounder, high basketball IQ. He, he, he's, his ability to create for others, to see things before they even develop, that's just something you can't teach. But he's almost unselfish to a fault, and he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be more me about me. When Joker goes from averaging 21, 22 points a game 
to 28, 29 points a game, and Murray becomes more assist or, or he becomes more consistent. That's when the Denver Nuggets will be a legit threat to win the West. In Portland, you've got Dame and CJ. They're exciting. They're explosive. Both can shoot from range. Both can break you down off the dribble. Portland is going to be fun to watch always as long as you have those two dynamic guards. The addition of Whiteside gives them a a potential double-double big, a lob big, a guy who can rim protect when he's playing at his highest level. With Whiteside, though, the highs are really high. The lows are even lower. And ultimately, when you look at Portland, with the addition of Mario Hazonia, with the addition of Kent Bazemore, they did get younger and more athletic on the perimeter, but they're both streaky shooters like their predecessors. And they're neither one of those guys are the type of player that's going to give you 18 to 19, to 19 a night. What the Blazers need more than anything is a third scorer who can get you in a legit 18 to 20 a night, and they, they didn't do that this offseason. I think Portland going to the conference finals was great last year. I think this year they'll make the playoffs, but they're going to take a step back. With the season less than five days away, of course I'm going to be watching all these different dynamic duos that were put together this offseason. Talent is one thing, but can they click? Can they be a cohesive unit? Can, can they galvanize their teammates? And more importantly, by putting these dynamic duels together, which of these de- dynamic duos can take that next level step and lead their team to the NBA Finals. When you're a fan of the NBA, you follow every plot line. Yes, I follow the stars and the superstars, but I'm also aware of players like Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins, talented young players that seem to be at crossroads in their careers. I'm trying to see which one of these guys takes that step forward and reestablish themselves as a legit NBA player, as someone who can contribute at a high level. I'm looking at a guy like Rodney Hood, who was very impressive for the Blazers in the playoffs. I want to see if he can take that momentum from his playoff performance and put it towards what he does with Dame and CJ going forward this season. Will will Whiteside be motivated knowing he's in his contract season to play like he did his first couple of seasons with the Heat, to look like a great rim protector, a guy who could get you a double-double, 18 points, 14 rebounds, four blocks. Can he be a force that helps Dame and CJ take that next step once they hit the playoffs? I'm looking at a guy like Zach Levine, all the talent in the world, Athletic, can shoot from range, can put the ball on the floor, actually can be a playmaker as well. Is he a leader? Is he the type of talent that can make those around him better? Same applies for Devin Booker. We see how gifted he is at getting buckets. Can Devin Booker make players around him better? Does he have another level to him? These types of plot lines are what I'm looking at. 
yes, I'm going to be following Zion. We all will. But when I watch the Pelicans, I'm watching Lonzo. I'm watching Ingram. I'm checking out Derek Favors. And, of course, Drew Holiday is one of my favorite players in the NBA. I am rooting for the Pelicans to make the playoffs. It's the Cypher next time. 